Well, good morning and welcome to Gateway. We're glad that you're here with us this morning, especially if it's your first time. Hey, I'm glad that you've chosen to worship with us here at Gateway Taze Valley. I'm Brian Dillon, and I'm the campus minister here, and uh, I'm glad to have all of you here this morning. That song, you know, there's a lot of people that would have you believe that, that Jesus is on the way out or that the church is in trouble, but may we never forget that the, the rock of the truth of Jesus Christ is what the church is built upon, and they've been trying for a long time to disprove Jesus and get rid of Jesus, but he's not going anywhere. You know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That is a promise of Jesus, and let us never get discouraged. Let us never think that we can be overcome by the world because we have been built on the rock of Jesus Christ, and he is our Savior. All right, today we wrap up our Pray for One sermon series, but We are not done with Pray for One, even though we might move on to other sermons. This is something that is going to be part of what we do over at least the next year and hopefully into the future as well. Uh, You know, during this series, we've talked about how we should be praying for everyone, even or be willing to pray for everyone, even the people that, well, we don't really like or we might not want to talk to at the grocery store. We've talked about how we need to be able to slow down and pray for anyone that comes into our path. We've talked about praying for a specific one, and we've named our specific ones, but we aren't going to stop there. We're also going to pray for another one when that one comes to know Jesus. And for those that might be joining us for the first time or you're not real sure what this whole pray for one is, well, pray for one is simply committing to praying for one person, first and foremost for their salvation, but also for them as a person. And that's one thing that, I, that maybe I haven't done as good of a job at explaining during this series. Certainly, we want to be praying for our one's salvation because our one's greatest need is a spiritual need. But we also want to love our one enough to be praying for every facet of our life. Just like we would pray for our best friend or for a family member, we want to love our one enough to pray for all facets, every area of their life, to take an active interest in their life and pray that God would show up for them in big ways. And in this way, you know, pray for one can help to tear down walls that have been set up between us and somebody else. Maybe the name that God has given you is somebody that you've had a falling out with. And if that's the case, then don't be discouraged or or try to find another one. It can't be that one, God. It's got to be this one, right? God has given you that name for a reason. And and yes, it may mean that you have to wade into some deep stuff, some stuff you don't want to get into. Maybe it it means taking the the Band-Aid off of some wounds that you have long since tried to forget. And maybe you wish that you had a different name. God, make it any other name but this name, please. But you can wade into those waters. You can open up those wounds knowing that God has your back. That the Holy Spirit is there supporting you every step of the way and helping you in these opportunities. And God knows that you, yes, you, can handle this. That's why He gave you this name because you are the perfect person for the job. So never doubt yourself and think, I can't do this. No, God has given you this name for a reason because He knows that you can do it. Remember, Jesus said to pray for our enemies and those who persecute you. And your one may be somebody that you're not on good terms with right now. But you know what? God knows that. And he knew that when he gave you that name. And he might be using this, this pray for one campaign, this pray for one theme to bring about reconciliation between you and your one. Another thing I wanted to address as we finish up this series is For those of you who might be struggling to settle on a name, you haven't written a name down, you haven't been able to come up with with a name yet. 
Or maybe you haven't been able to settle on just one name. You know, you've heard the messages and you're loving this. You're all about you, this. You think it's great, but you just can't seem to find a name. And if that's the case this morning, I say to you, that's okay. That's okay. Because God has a plan for how he wants to use you, a unique plan for you. And that might mean that he gives you a name three weeks from now or three months from now or three years from now. It's okay to not have a name today, but I want you to keep praying and keep your heart, your eyes, and your ears open to what the Lord might be saying. Be available and be ready to be used by Him. Don't give up praying for a name. You may not have a name yet, and it may take a while, but don't give up. Don't grow tired of praying for your one or praying for a name. And if you're struggling to pick a name because you're not sure which one God has planned, maybe you have like six names, you're like, God, what's the right one? I don't know. I want to pray for somebody, but I don't know what one is the right one for me. Well, don't stress out about it. Don't make this a stress-inducing exercise. This doesn't have to be like finding a soulmate or, or somebody like a spouse. You know, It's not like you have to find the one, the right one. I believe that God has somebody in store for you, but that doesn't mean that you can pick the wrong person. You know, I have somebody in my small group that is praying for her one, but then last week she saw an opportunity with a neighbor and seized it and invited her to come to church. And that neighbor came to church. So just because she had one over here, it didn't make her block out anybody else. She saw an opportunity and, and took that opportunity. And because of that, a neighbor came to church and she can continue praying for her one. You know, the idea of praying for one is to encourage us to focus on someone because many times we are praying for no one. And so if you're struggling, then perhaps you, you need to look for the low-hanging fruit. And I, I don't mean to be insulting or, or crude about people, but, but perhaps you look at those you are considering, these names, and you pick the person that you're closest with, or you, you know the best, or, or, or maybe you pick the person that you know would be most receptive to hearing about Jesus. You know, if you're struggling to come up with a name, you, you don't have to, to go for the big one. You don't have to go for the atheist or go for the person you haven't talked to in 17 years. Like, you don't have to go for the big one. You can just go for the, the easiest one to start out with. I mean, if you're struggling, you don't have to go for the Hail Mary when the dump-off pass is right there for the first down. You don't have to go for the big posterizing slam dunk when the layup is just as easy. You don't have to go for the grand slam when the single right through the right side is just as important. And I'm all out of sports references, I'm sorry. I, I don't know enough about soccer, I, 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 I'm sorry. My, my fear is that we could get caught up in paralysis by analysis. And that, that will agonize, who, who, who should I pick, God? I don't know. I don't know which one's the right one. And, and we agonize over it so much that we end up picking nobody at all. And boy, wouldn't Satan love that. So don't overthink it. Start with the one that you think is closest to Jesus or closest with you and just go with it. You know, any Dave Ramsey fan knows that it knows about this concept called the debt snowball. And it basically says that when you're trying to get out of debt, you pick the, the balance that is the least amount. And you pay that one off first just to get the ball rolling, just to get, give you some encouragement, and, and then you can keep rolling and rolling. Pretty soon, you're just rolling up debt down the mountain, right? Well, maybe I might suggest this morning we would start a prayer snowball. 
Start with a person that's the closest to Jesus or closest to you. You feel like it is the, the, the best person to go with right away. That might be the, the first person to come and just go with it. And, and then when they come to Christ, then you can pray for another one and pray for another one. And then pretty soon our prayer snowball is heading down the path. It doesn't have to be this big, huge event. It can just be somebody that maybe just left the church a year ago and you say, maybe it's just time to come back. Today we're going to be in Matthew 13 uh, again. I, I, you know, if you've been with us recently, you know that over the last couple months we've been in Matthew 13 uh, quite a bit, and this this chapter is full of good lessons for us, especially as it relates to pray for one. So, if you have your Bible this morning, uh, I hope you'll join me in Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to be starting in verse 44 here in a few minutes, and we're going to look at two more parables of Jesus this morning. You know, last week we were in Matthew 13 and right above this, and we looked at the parable of the weeds and why we should pray for one. And our motivation, man, it came like a slap in the back of the head. It was a stark reminder of what's coming for you and me and for every human being who has ever lived and will ever live. And it's that judgment day is coming. You know, we don't like to think about that sometimes. That can be a scary thing. We don't like to kind of lead with that. But the truth of the matter is that There is a judgment day that is coming, and Jesus will be the judge over all that has happened. You know, judgment day is coming, and and you, and me, and your one, and my one, and Gomer, and Laura Lee Hobbs down at the diner are all going to be meeting Jesus on that day. And that's better than any gold truck you could ever try to intercept. Now, that's an Andy Griffith reference, and uh, if you don't, I, I tried my best, you know, it's... I, I could have gone with an Andy Griffith voice, but if you, sh- you should study it. I feel like Andy Griffith plays in any church audience, because uh, at least 60% of you were like raised on it. But all right, here we go. This morning, we're going to be looking at two more parables that will encourage us to pray for one. Hey, let's, let's look at Matthew 13, starting in verse 44. Let's see what Jesus has to teach us through these parables. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And that's the parable. One verse. That's it. Now, maybe you heard me say we were going to do two parables today, and your belly already started ground because you're like, man, we're going to be here forever. We're covering two in one day. Most of the time, we only do one. But here's the thing. Jesus has kind of entered into like the lightning round here in the middle of like chapter 13. And he's just popping off parables one at a time, like boom, boom, boom. He's just knocking them out. And in this parable, Jesus seems to be saying that the work of the Lord in the world is, a, is like a treasure that's hidden. In other words, this isn't the 45-carat hope diamond in the Smithsonian. This is a hidden treasure, and only some have discovered it and know its true value. Like Aladdin, it is a diamond in the rough. And back in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, The gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now here Jesus says there's a man who stumbles upon this treasure. Perhaps he was hired out to plow the field that day, and he's going along just fine until he hits a sudden stop with the plow. And as he comes around the plow, he's probably expecting a rock of some kind. He's going to have to pull out of the way. As he bends down to inspect what has stopped his plow, he finds out it's not a rock. Instead, it's a box. And immediately, this is so much more intriguing than a rock because what's your first question when you find the box? 
what's in the box, right? I mean, there is a TV show that's been going on for season after season about an island out in the middle of nowhere where there's a curse or there's not a curse, right? Imagine if they found a box and they, what were their questions? What's in the box? And they would have a whole three episodes about what was in the box, right? All right, so he gets down and he, he starts looking through this box and he finds it's full a buried treasure, just like you would hope it would be. It's got gems and diamonds and gold, all these things you would expect of a huge treasure. But instead of pulling it out and admiring it, he covers it back up and he heads home. And what does he do next? Well, he has a huge yard sale, of course, with great joy. He starts selling everything he has, starts setting up these tables. He's selling everything. He, he's including even the yard that the sale is taking place on. Nothing is off limits. Everything must go. He's going out of business 80% off. He's selling everything he can to go back and buy the field so he can possess this treasure that he's found. And I'm sure his neighbors were confused as they saw all this taking place. Can you imagine like the gossip that was happening in the houses? They looked out the window. Well, Charlie's out there. He's... He's setting up, he appears to be having a huge sale out there. What, what's he doing? He's, he's got all this stuff out there. What's he doing? What's, what kind of um, trouble is he mixed up in? Has he gone bankrupt? Has he lost his mind? Why would you come home in the middle of the day and start selling all of your stuff suddenly? It didn't make sense to those that hadn't seen the treasure. But this man, he sells everything because he knows he has found something that's more valuable than anything else in this life. He doesn't even know the full value yet. But he already knows it's worth more than everything he owns and it's worth selling it all. The next parable that Jesus tells, well, it's very similar to this. And so we're going to pick it back up in Matthew 13, this time in verse 45. Jesus says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And in this parable, there, there is a merchant. He's searching for that perfect pearl. No doubt he's been searching for a long time, but he hasn't had any luck up until this point. He's gone from town to town searching for the perfect pearl. Now, he's probably got a trained eye, knows more than the most on this subject. He's able to spot something that others might miss. This guy is like trained garage sale hunter, right? This guy, the dream is that you would go to the garage sale and find the $50,000 baseball card selling for 25 cents. That is what this guy is looking for. Something that, is, that he knows is super valuable, but others might not. I mean, really, he's just hoping to be an antique roadshow success story. And so he's searching and searching, and then finally the merchant, he finds this pearl that he's looking for. Immediately he knows that it's incredibly valuable, so much so that, like our friend plowing the field, he goes home, throws all of his possessions onto eBay, and takes his money to go back and buy the pearl of great value that he's found. You know, as a Christian, it becomes more and more evident to me that following Jesus has been worth every minute and every ounce of energy I've expended. The longer that I live, the more Jesus means to me and the more that the cross means to me. The older I get, the more I realize how amazing His grace really is. It's not just a song. His grace truly is amazing in my life and how marvelous it is to be able to live with hope and purpose and meaning because of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you would agree with me. 
But as much as we might think we appreciate Jesus' sacrifice, as much as we might think that we know how much He truly gave up for us, none of us here this morning have any idea how immense and how full the value is of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. This is a treasure that is more precious than we can understand, the more, more than we can comprehend. Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 1, you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Friends, what Jesus offers to you and me, what He offers to our one, is more precious than anything this world has to offer. I don't think we will know the full value of what He's done for us until we're standing there in His presence. And He's going to begin to lay out the treasures one by one, and we're going to see the moments of His immense love and grace in His life. When we're there, we'll see the moments of His steadfast goodness and the moments that He, he spares us from ourselves, moments when, when He had our back when we didn't see it, moments when He inspired us and gave us courage to get up again and move forward, moments when He enabled us to do the impossible, because with God, all things are possible. But no matter what, the biggest moment of our lives is when He saved us. And we'll finally see what He truly did for us on the cross. As the Apostle Paul says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And because of what he did for us. There is a day coming when God will wipe every tear from our eyes. This world is torn by division with our roots intermingled with evil and corruption, but there is a day coming when we will break free, liberated from sin, and spending eternity with the Father in heaven. This morning, I want to look at two points about treasure. Both these parables have a treasure in them. I want to look about two points about treasure before we finish up. And the first is that Jesus is the treasure that you seek. 17th century French philosopher Blaise Pascal is credited with saying, there is a God-shaped hole in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. And two weeks ago, we said that your one's greatest need is spiritual. Well, the same is true for you. The same is true for all of us. All of our needs, our greatest need is spiritual. And so do you want to know what's going to help you pray for one and build a relational bridge with your one? Well, in your own life, we need to demonstrate to others the value of the treasure of having Jesus in your life. Let your one see how much Jesus means to you. You know, one thing that stands out to me as we look at those stories is how, how the people probably, when they went home and sold all these things, like I said, there, it was like questions of why would you be doing that? Why would you sell everything you had for this? They didn't understand. It didn't make any sense. Why would you give all of your possessions? Why would you sell all that you had for this treasure? It, it, why is it so special? And people might look at your life and say, why, why, would, why would Jesus be willing, why would you be willing to give up everything for Him? For those that don't know the full value of the treasure, for those that don't know who Jesus is, they look at you and they're going to look at you a little strange. Yet at the same time, all treasure in this world is going to look the same, but Jesus is the treasure that extends beyond that. And so Jesus is the one that gives us the hope that goes beyond this world. And then Jesus is the treasure that people are truly seeking even if they don't know it yet because there's a God-sized hole in their heart. 
So let us spare no expense to have Jesus. Get rid of anything that prevents us from having a relationship with Jesus. Waste no time in pursuing Jesus. We can't place a value on our faith in Him. In both parables, the price for the treasure was the same. It was everything that they had. Following after Jesus, it's worth everything that you have, and it's so much more. In fact, you could never buy Him with our worldly treasures. Your net worth could never be high enough. Even if you won the lottery, you couldn't afford to buy Him. Thank God salvation is free. But following Jesus will cost you everything. Are you willing to trade it all in for Him? Are you willing to submit to Him and sacrifice all that you have? Let us not be like the rich young ruler who walked away sad because he valued his possessions more than a relationship with Jesus. Instead, let us be like the Apostle Paul who said, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul is an interesting guy because Paul had a lot going on for him before he met Jesus he, I'm sure he had a lot of wealth. He, he, he had a lot of power. He had all the earthly things you could ask for. Yet when he accepts Jesus, he ends up in prison and loses it all. Yet he says, I, I consider that all gain because what I've gained in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the treasure that you seek. Only he can fill the hole in your heart. Only he can fill the hole in the heart of your one. And you know this. We all know this. He is so precious to us, and we want to share Him with our one. The second thing about treasure we want to look at this morning is that you are the treasure that Jesus seeks. Some scholars believe that, that both the man in the field and the merchant looking for the pearl represent Jesus and, and not us. Some say that we are the treasure that Jesus is seeking. The church is the treasure, and that very well may be true. I love the line in both of the parables that says, he sold all that he had. He sold all that he had. Whether it be to buy the field or buy the pearl, they sold all that they had. And it reminds us of the immense price that Jesus paid for us. You know, we sang that hymn this morning, It Is Well With My Soul, and I'm reminded of another hymn that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. He washed me clean as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain. I've left out that line. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow because Jesus paid it all. He gave all that he had for us. You know, it makes sense with what we know from the Gospels. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. He also says in Romans 5, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand how much Jesus loves you and how much Jesus loves your one? You know, perhaps your one is a family member, a wayward son or a daughter or a husband. If that's the case, my, my heart goes out to you and I want you to know that we stand beside you in prayer. If you're praying for somebody, you're, you're not a failure as a dad. You're not a failure as a mom or a wife or a grandparent or a son or a daughter. You know, this old world has a pull about it that makes it tough. I mean, it makes us tough to, to raise our kids who, to continue their walk with Jesus after high school. 
And maybe we need to start doing some things differently, some things that seem radical, to do whatever it takes to bring them to Jesus and stop worrying about the, what the world has to say about it. And this is why we have to pray for one. This is why we have to keep praying and why we have to keep trying to reach them. I mean, this is what we do. This is who we are. We said in our focus verse earlier, Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And however we interpret these parables, I think we can all agree that God has blessed us in every step and in every breath of our lives. And we have the greatest assurance because of Calvary that He is the treasure that we will never have to part with. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. We will carry Him, or should I say He will carry us right into eternity. I love the description of God's people in Zechariah 9. It says, On that day the Lord their God will save them as the flock of His people. For like the jewels of a crown, they shall shine on His land. For how great is His goodness and how great His beauty. Keep praying for your one. Don't give up on them. God can bring them home and God will use you to reach them. We've been saying that God will never abandon the mission. He will never grow tired. Don't ever grow tired of praying for your one. Don't ever think that they're too far gone, that God cannot reach them. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We are the ones that God has chosen to reach the lost. We are plan A and there is no plan B. So my hope is that we would not walk out of here and think that this is something that will go away, this is something that doesn't apply to me, or this is something that I'm not equipped for. We are the ambassadors of Christ, and I implore you that you would take up this call, that we would love God, and we would love our neighbors enough to make disciples, to take this seriously, and to take a responsibility for those in our lives that don't know the treasure of Jesus Christ yet. Because we live and we see all that's going on in this world today and we can live with uh, with a peace about us and a hope about us that knows that we are going to get to spend eternity with heaven. But there are so many people out there that don't know that truth, that don't have the treasure of Jesus Christ in their lives, that don't know that they are the treasure that Jesus is seeking actively every single day. But they can know that if we would take up the call of the Christ follower and pray for them and look for ways to reach them and do whatever it takes to bring these ones to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we uh, so many times we can get caught up in just coming to church. And we can go through the motions of singing the songs, and we can sit and listen to the word but we might walk in here without an open heart we might walk in here not ready to hear the message Father that I pray that if, that if that is somebody here this morning that you would tear down the wall before they leave this morning and bring into their heart the message that you have for them whether that might be that you that they are the treasure that you are seeking 
Maybe they don't have that relationship. Maybe they've lost their way. Maybe they've forgotten about how much you love them. And so, Father, I pray before they would leave this morning that they would feel the pull that you have for them, the love that you have for them, the pull on their heart to come back to you and they wouldn't ignore it. But Father, I pray that all of us would feel a responsibility, would feel a commission to seek and save the lost like your son Jesus came to this earth to do. All of us as Christ followers have been, have been filled with the Holy Spirit for things just such as this, that when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, that he will stand in our place, stand behind us and support us. And so, Father, I pray that, that nobody would walk out of this room this morning thinking that this isn't the thing for them or this, they can't do this. Father, in a big way, we have to do this if we want our communities to change, if we want our schools to change, if we want our state and our country and our world to change. The way is through revival of the heart for Jesus Christ. So this isn't something that somebody else can do. This is what we have been tasked to do. And so Father, I pray that we would not be just recipients of your grace, your amazing grace. We are so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, to to stay in our place for our sin so that we might be washed as clean as snow and get to have a relationship with you. I'm so thankful for your love and your grace, but I pray that, that we would not merely be recipients that I would not just rest in the grace that I have received, but that I would look for uh, to tell others about that grace, to give them a way out of this world so that they can enjoy the same security that I have. Father, I pray that you would give us opportunities, that we would seize the opportunity when it comes, that we not be worried about being uncomfortable or awkward, but that any feelings like that would be overcome by an overwhelming sense of urgency to reach the lost around us. That we would pray for everyone. That we would pray for anyone. That we would pray for a specific one and we would pray for another one because there are kingdoms at war in our world and I pray that we would not get so caught up in the evil of this world that we would lose sight of what the mission is. The mission to show those around us they are the treasure that Jesus seeks, but the the treasure that they are seeking is Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to head into our time of communion here in just a moment. And really this is, during this whole series, it's kind of been an open response time. And we're going to continue that this morning. We only have one song. And so here in just a moment before we enter into that song we're going to give you some time for communion you can uh, when I finish up here you can come up on your own and grab the emblems take them back to your seat and in that time I, I'm going to encourage you just to spend some quiet time in communion with the Lord there's a lot going on a lot competing for our attention a lot competing with our thoughts and I know it doesn't just turn off when you come in here this morning maybe you got so much going on you haven't heard a word I said I understand that sometimes right But I would encourage you now to just spend some quiet time with the Lord and reflect on the sacrifice that's been paid for each one of us. And I don't know what you walked in here with this morning. I don't know what you've been wrapped up in, maybe what you're coming off of. I don't don't know, but I do know that earlier we read a verse that said that Jesus came while we were still sinners and he died for each one of us. 
He didn't wait till he got, we got cleaned up. He didn't wait until we were perfect. He didn't wait till he got yourself figured out. No, he came while we were still sinners and knowing we would sin again and knowing that his sacrifice was needed then and now and forever until we reach eternity. So if you're here this morning and you feel like that, just know that there's a sacrifice that's been paid for you. Yes, you. So you can reflect and remember that sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross for each one of us. But examine your life and see, okay, because of that sacrifice, now now what? Where do I need to repent of? What do I need to turn away from? Where do I need to turn back to Jesus? So we'll give you some time, and then after a little bit, we're going to start our next song. And during that time, you can stand and sing with us. Stay seated and, and pray for your one. You, you can pray for whatever might be going on in your life. You can pray with somebody else that might be next to you. You can spend that time in prayer. If you haven't written a name yet, we have, we, going into today, we had 121 names. And I thank God for those 121 names that are on these walls. That means we have over 50%. I'd love to see it at 100%. If you haven't written your name yet, you're just trying to choose a name. Like I said, pick a name and just take response and make it real. It doesn't have to be your forever name. It doesn't have to be the perfect name. It can just be a name. Just showing that you've joined with us in this mission to pray for someone, a specific someone, and take responsibility, make a commitment to them, write that name on the wall. We, we, we pray over all these names. I know there's, it's a lot. There's a lot of situations. We pray for those as a staff, I pray, I pray over all these because I know that you guys are out there and you're really praying for these people. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. If you haven't written a name yet, come up and write it. And just spend some time after that praying for that one. In that moment, just pray for them. I'll be right down front this morning for a typical response time as well. And you know, if you come here this morning, you don't have that relationship with Jesus. There's no better day than today to make the greatest decision of your life. There is no greater decision because there's no greater treasure than Jesus Christ to make him the Lord and the King of your life. You might have walked in here this morning and you were dead in your sin and you were caught up in stuff you shouldn't have been caught up in, but you came here this morning and you feel Jesus urging you to change, urging you to make a commitment to him. So you can come here this morning, we can come up and we can plunge you into the waters of baptism. You can come out, wash clean as snow because of Jesus Christ. You can walk out of here a new creation in him celebrate with you because you made the greatest decision of your life to make Jesus the Lord and the King of your life. If you've already done that or maybe you're not ready for that, you just need some prayer this morning. The world does not leave you alone. In fact, it can be worse because we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are not immune from being hurt, from being downtrodden, being discouraged, but we do have the gift of prayer that he has given us to come to him and involve him in whatever situation might be going on. Prayer is such a powerful thing that we don't use often enough. And so I would love to pray with you this morning. Come alongside and just pray with you about whatever might be going on in your life. And just bring God into that situation. So if you have a decision to make or, or, or a prayer that you need, any kind of response, I'll be right down front. I'd love to talk to you. At this time, let's enter into our communion.